Welcome to the North Church Women's Podcast. Today I have the joy of having Sharice Compton with me to discuss Lesson 2 of our Bible study, Jesus, Portraits of Our Precious Savior. Sharice is one of our table leaders for our Wednesday morning class, and she's the author and teacher of the study we did last fall, Who is the King of Glory? Hi, yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Now, thank you for joining us, Sharice, and I just want to make a note that have we, have we like, scripted this extensively, Sharice? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so what you are hearing is just two sisters in Christ who are just talking about our Savior that we love. So mm-hmm. this week we're discussing Lesson 2, Jesus as a Son. And in John 3.16, one of the most beloved verses of all time, Jesus refers to himself repeatedly as God's son. And you probably all know this. Sharice, would you like to read it? Sure. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. All right, let's pray before we start. God, I thank you for loving the world so much that you gave us your Son. And would you open our eyes to see wonderful truths about your precious Son? We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, as we learned last week, um, being a son is an important aspect of prophecy, especially messianic prophecy. And last week we looked at Isaiah's prediction of a son. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Isaiah also wrote uh, in Isaiah 9, 6, I think I have this on the screen. Actually, I don't. But he also wrote, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And so that's where we're headed in this lesson. Uh, We'll see not only that others called Jesus son, but also the special significance to those names and how Jesus himself spoke about being a son. And so in um, lesson six, we're going to look more at the son of God as a divine title. But today we're going to be looking at Um, primarily at the title, Christ. And just so you know, Christ is not his last name, right, (laughs) Sharice? Right. (laughs) And we're also going to look at Son of David and God's Son and Son of Man. Those are the main titles. So let's first talk about that name, that that, um, the name Jesus Christ. Well, unlike me, um, my first name Pam and last name Larson, Christ is not his last name. Is it? I think that's really confusing to people when they first yes. come to the Bible. And uh, I wondered, Cherise, do you have any, you know, kind of cool naming traditions in your family? Nothing really cool, <laughs> but uh, I have four siblings in my family and the th- three girls and one boy. And the three girls, we all decided to use family names as middle names for each of our children. So my, for instance, my middle son, his middle name is Rodman, which is my maiden name. So we've kind of kept the family names alive with those middle names. Yeah, that's really neat. Thanks for sharing that. So, well, you know, Matthew and Luke, the gospel writers, both tell us that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and not by Joseph. But those who weren't privileged to know that inside story, they considered Jesus as 
the son of Joseph. So in all four Gospels, we see the son designation for Jesus. We see um, he's, he's called the son of Joseph, uh, the son of Mary, the carpenter's son. Also, Luke refers to him as the child Jesus and the boy Jesus. And now I don't know any Aramaic or Greek or Hebrew. How about you? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you no, I found this part really helpful, actually. And I wondered if you could pronounce this word, patronymus. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even know how to say that one. Yeah, but yeah, the, it's interesting how a person would get a name from, uh, you know, like, like in Sweden, you know, where, where my family is from until the 20th century, family um, surnames really weren't in use. And so they would just use the name, a person's surname was based upon the given name of the father. So like my, my husband's name, Larson, came because he was, you know, way back, it was the son of Lars. Yeah. Larson. And so, you know, in the time of Jesus then, you know, Bar is Aramaic. Aramaic. Uh, and so we have names in the Bible like Bartimaeus or Bartholomew. And mm-hmm. then Ben is the word for Hebrew. And so Jesus last name if you want to say last name yeah. it would have been like jesus or yeshua son of you know or bar yosef son of joseph yeah. i think you included in the homework since jesus was such a common name yeah. they would often just distinguish him by calling him jesus of nazareth yes uh-huh. specified mm-hmm. which person they were talking about right yep i think that's really helpful and i think there's other cultures where That is the case. I just had a conversation with one of our global partners uh, who said that in the Korean naming culture, there are are a very limited number of names that we consider kind of last names. Yes. And so what they do is they distinguish by the area of the country that Mm -hmm. they're from, which I thought was really interesting. So I know that there's just a lot of different naming conventions. And we're going to look more about Jesus being from Nazareth next week, too, as we look at his ministry. So let's look more at um, the title Christ. And you see this in the lesson is on page 26. Um, Christ is the most common title that's used for Jesus. And it's not his last name. We'll remember (laughs) that. But in the Old Testament, he's known as Messiah, which signifies this king that the Jews were looking forward to coming, uh, the one who would save them from all their enemies and set up the kingdom of God on earth. And um, on question one in our study, um, there's a a list of sample verses that use this divine title, um, Christ. And because it is probably his most familiar title, I thought it would be good to just go through some selected verses from Gospels Mm -hmm. and from Acts and Romans and... Is there any of those that stood out to you as meaningful or insightful? Yeah, I just I think it is interesting. In the very first words of Matthew's gospel, he ha- he refers immediately identifying Jesus as the son of David and the son mm-hmm. of Abraham, and it's mm-hmm. a nice shorthand way to kind of re- uh, just allude back to all the Old Testament mm-hmm. promises. And then John in the first chapter uh, connects Jesus back. To Moses, yeah. So yeah. Uh, they really are trying to like gather up all these things we learned from the Old Testament and push them forward into the New, so that we can see that Jesus is the fulfillment of all these ancient prophecies. 
Yeah. Now, later in the lesson, we're going to look at the title Son of David, but it's interesting that you brought up Son of Abraham because in the fall study, we looked at that incredible promise that God gave to Abraham. Yeah, the promise that one, he, this, his seed would be one that God would send to bless all the nations of the yeah. world. Yeah. And so here he is, the seed mm-hmm. of Abraham, Jesus Christ. So these are really sweet verses. So if you haven't done your lesson and you want to go through and review, those are on page 26. So let's talk a little bit about what this, uh, the meaning of this, of this title, Christ, is. And it, it means anointed one, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And to understand, it does help to look at the original languages. And here we are, two that don't <laughs> yes. know, but... <laughs> We can we've always, been taught. We've been taught. <laughs> we've been told. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you talk a little bit about the, the, the Greek word? So the Greek word is Christos, and it means anointed one. And it comes from the Greek verb kreo, which means to rub or stroke with oils, to smear, to anoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just comes from the tradition of anointing a king mm-hmm. for his role in governing and Mm -hmm. even as we saw in the old testament the priest aaron was anointed with oil to be set apart as the high priest right yeah yeah we studied exodus last year and so we we saw that you know as god gave the instructions to the israelites he told them you know the tabernacle had to be anointed to to set it apart and so this is a this is a, a ritual that involved making something uh, well, set apart. There's some other words that we think of, right? Like holy, right? Yeah, or sanctified. Sanctified mm-hmm. or consecrated, right? And so when um, the people of Israel begged to have a king like all the other nations around them, and God granted them that, um, Saul was anointed by the prophet Samuel. Uh, but then when Saul showed himself to be unworthy, God told Samuel to call together all the sons of Jesse and uh of Bethlehem, and so they, he was going to anoint one of his sons to replace Saul as king. And so, the second question in this lesson, do you, I need to yes, interrupt you? No, absolutely. <laughs> but we jumped ahead. Do you want to talk about the Hebrew word for oh, anointed yeah, one? Yeah, because that's what important. You, yeah, why don't, why don't you talk about that one? <laughs> okay. Huh? Well, um, the Hebrew word for anoint is would have been pronounced Mashiach, probably mm-hmm. or Meshiach. We mm-hmm. okay. Yep. Um, and so we transliterate it. Like? <laughs> we transliterate it. It sounds to us like Messiah. Yeah. So yeah. that you see the word Messiah in the New Testament, mm-hmm. you should immediately think anointed one. Anointed one. Yep. Yeah. Think specifically of Psalm two here. Yeah. Most people have seen that in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which Psalm two is one of the psalms that you taught in our series that we did a couple of years ago when you first yeah, came. Yeah, yes, that's right. So those those recordings are available if someone wants to go back and learn more about the anointed, anointed one from Psalm 2. All right, so let's talk about David when uh, when he was anointed and what happened to him. And we see this in 1 Samuel 16, uh, verses 12 and 13, um, because God told uh, Samuel to arise and anoint him, for this is he. And so Samuel took the horn of oil, and he anointed him, there's that word again, anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And we see what happened here, that the mm-hmm. Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David 
from that day forward. Hmm. So there's there's this association of anointing and the spirit being mm-hmm. poured out on a person. So then the next place that we go in our lesson is a, is a passage um, in Isaiah 61 that talks about the spirit and the, how the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. And this is a passage that Jesus ends up reading mm-hmm. when he is in the synagogue. And so let's look at that a little bit more. Um, of course, because Jesus quotes it, um, it's we we you know we see a lot of similarities here. But the right. the thing that struck me in this passage is that uh, even before Jesus uh, comes to Nazareth, where he went to the to the synagogue, it says Jesus uh, he returned in the power of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know that the Spirit was clearly on him, and he was the anointed one before anyone even realized. You know that that's who he was, right? Yeah, and so this, you know, I, I think when we read the Spirit of the Lord is a, is upon me, the Lord has because the Lord has anointed me. That's that's where Jesus reads here. He says, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me." And then Jesus says, "What He's He, he kind of unpacks what His mission is here. He says that He is going to bring good news to the poor." Bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, opening up the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he stops. Yeah, because <laughs> you see that. Here, so here we have this, you know. Mid-sentence. Mid-sentence. Mm-hmm. He sent me to proclaim. He's recovering sight to the blind. Liberty, those who are oppressed, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Period. Stop. He rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Yeah. Amazing. What must they have been thinking at that point? Well, I think it's interesting. <laughs> they handed him the scroll. And it's like they hand him the whole scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Okay, so yeah. he, he's unrolling it. He gets all the way close to the end, Isaiah 61, finds this little portion he wants to read, and then stops in the middle of the sentence and then says, today, this is fulfilled yeah. in your hearing. Yes. Gives me chills to read it. <laughs> yes, yes. It does. And, you know, initially it says all spoke well of him mm-hmm, and marveled right. at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. Yeah. But then it's like there's this moment where they're like, wow, that's amazing. Wait a second. Wait, who is this? Aren't you he, Joseph's son? Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you couldn't possibly be this guy, the, yeah. the anointed one, right? Right. Yeah. Because no prophet is acceptable in his own hometown, right? right. He, he goes on to say that. And then... The crowd, I mean, after they really consider this more, it, it, they really turn on him. Yeah, they do. And it's interesting because he doesn't, he provokes them just a little bit here. He says, you know, there were lots of widows in Israel in the days mm-hmm. of Elijah, but Elijah wasn't sent to any of them. He was sent to Zarephath outside of Israel. Outside of Israel. Yeah, there were lots of lepers in mm-hmm. Israel, but Elisha cleansed Naaman the Syrian. The Syrian. So I think I think that's interesting. He's looking. Mm-hmm. He's calling them out. Yes. They're his people in his home hometown, and they're having trouble already receiving him. That's right. I, I think it is really interesting because we get a little preview here mm-hmm. of what some of the so-called outsiders or yes. they're going to recognize who he is exactly before the religious leaders do. It happened then. It's going to happen again. Yep, yeah. Yep. It is. Yep. So. When, when he did stop here, um, 
you know, he, he's decla- he, without declaring it, he's really saying, I, I, am, I am the Messiah. Yeah. I, uh, I am this anointed one. Right. I am the Christ. And so they do react in anger, at least the, the leaders do. And there's, there's part of this prophecy, though, when he stops, he stops at proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. And we had a question in here about what comes after this? What, what are the parts of the prophecy that are yet to be fulfilled? And so if we read on in Isaiah 61, the very first thing we come to here, I'm going to put it in green so you can see it, the day of vengeance of our God. Whew. Yeah. I mean, and there's more. There's some other good things. Yeah. Comfort those who mourn, right? A beautiful mm-hmm. headdress instead of ashes. There's some great promises here. But these are all things that he's not inaugurating right now. Right. This yeah. is stuff yet to come. It makes me think of the verses we read at the beginning, John three sixteen and 17. You know, Jesus didn't yeah. come to condemn the first time. <laughs> he came mm-hmm. to save. Mm-hmm. But he will come back, and there will be a day of vengeance. Yes, yes. But not today. That's like he's saying that here. Mm-hmm. The day of judgment is not today. Today is the day of salvation. Yes, yes. So let's talk a little bit about how... Um, the people just had different expectations of who the Messiah would be. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of confusion. Um, you know, I think John the Baptist asked, you know, if he was the Messiah, he was asked if he was, and he, right. he flat out denies it. But even the woman at the well said, I know that the Messiah is coming. Mm-hmm. You know, and is it interesting? And we're going to talk about this in a future lesson. I think it's lesson four. But... Jesus actually reveals himself to her also yes. as a Messiah. Another outsider. Another outsider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And she believes. She <laughs> does. Yeah. 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 So the rumors are spreading at this time, and people openly wonder if Jesus could be the expected Messiah. And others were very skeptical mm-hmm. and angry, and this was a polarizing issue for the day. Yeah. Um, just like we have a lot of polarizing issues <laughs> in our culture. But I thought I'd read John 7, um, 41 through 44, because I think it kind of encapsulates this idea. Um, is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where mm-hmm. David was? So there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. Hmm. I think throughout the Gospels, we, we hear it just it wasn't his time yet. Right. And um, even when they did try to throw him off the cliff, he, and nobody can <laughs> take Jesus' life of, you know, he gives yeah. it up of his own accord. It wasn't time, and he just kind of easily escapes in the midst of right. them. Right, right, yeah. Well, in John, uh, we read uh, Andrew, one of Jesus' new followers, goes to tell his brother Simon, he says, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And so there's some recognition on the part of the disciples, but... Yeah. Um, Even some, they struggle, don't they? They sure mm-hmm. did, yeah. Because this next passage that we go to is... Um, what page is that on, Sharice? 29. 29. Um, when Jesus took his disciples away from the, the, Jude, Jude, the Jewish areas, Judea, to Caesarea Philippi, he asked them point blank, who do people say 
that the Son of Man is? And of course they answer, they say, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. <laughs> so, Yeah, there's mass confusion. <laughs> mass confusion, lots of ideas. Yep. And then he point blank says, but who do you say that I am? I mean, he really drills down there. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so beautiful, Peter's confession. Yeah. You know, he says, you are the Christ. Okay, and we, we, know, we know now in this section, Christ means Messiah mm -hmm. or anointed one. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. There's that Bar-Jonah. There's Bar-Jonah again. <laughs> there it is. So Bar, remember, means son. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then this kind of, mm -hmm. kind of weird, uh, you know. Yeah, kind I of, didn't think this is where that was headed. Yeah, he says, <laughs> then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. They, they were probably excited, mm -hmm. or right. I would think so. Why, why would he hide his title? Yeah, this made up for a lot of interesting discussion around our table this morning. So, and it was kind of really precious to think about why would Jesus hide this? And we all kind of came up with the idea, well, it wasn't his time to die yet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he was already a polarizing figure and he already had huge crowds following him everywhere mm -hmm. they went. People just desperate to touch his garments so they could be yeah. healed. Mm -hmm. People bringing their kids to him to bless them. He, he would have to travel around the outskirts of villages to avoid um, just being in the, you know, inviting larger crowds. So we know... He needed to, he didn't want to be make quite such a stir yet because yeah. that would probably just facilitate, expedite things. Like the, yeah. the religious leaders were already very jealous. Yep. They had already tried to mm -hmm. kill him at some mm -hmm. points. They're, they're plotting on and off throughout yep. all the gospels how they're going to bring him down. So maybe he was avoiding confrontation with them until it was time. But then my, the, the ladies at our table, we just spent some time thinking, why did he need more time? Why couldn't he do it quickly? Um, interesting. You probably have answers for that. But I thought it was really interesting. I was reading Mark in the NLT a few weeks ago. And in Mark 930, um, let's see, it's, you know, it's one of Jesus kind of, He's traveling from city to city. He hasn't yet set his like sights on Jerusalem yet, but mm -hmm. he says he didn't want anyone to know where he was because he wanted to spend more time with his disciples to teach them. Yeah. And I that's that's how the NLT says it very straightforwardly there. When I looked mm -hmm. in the ESV, it was a little bit different, but it kind of does hint at that. Mm -hmm. He needed those years. Yeah to instruct his disciples, because, I mean, as we can see, they're kind of slow. <laughs> well, they were confused. Like, yeah, yeah, like we would have been, but... But isn't it, it's amazing, though, when I think back to Jesus after his resurrection, walking on the road to Emmaus, mm -hmm. and then unpacking yes. these things, how all these things fit together. And I just think of how, in the book of John, how Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to help them to recall the things. Yes. Right. And so what a blessing that we have all these Gospels yes. 
and that they were able yeah. to write down his sayings and so that we have these very words of right we have a nice historical record don't we exactly and you know you get to luke and he's mm-hmm. taken all this careful research in order to write luke and acts and yeah. You know, the disciples have three years of memories to draw from. And then Jesus, you know, he interacted with so many more people because he, he didn't just come and die immediately. He had yeah. so many interactions with people yeah. who could then testify to what he did and what exactly. he spoke. So we have an extensive record of what he has done. Right. We know that he did acknowledge that he was Messiah. We, we yes. already talked about the fact that the woman at the well... And, you know, here in this passage where he says to Peter, you know, you know, blessed are you because, you know, my father has revealed this to you. Mm -hmm. But then later on, and we're going to go to Matthew 26 here, uh, verse 63 to 68. um, This is where Jesus is on trial um, and he is standing before the high priest and the high priest demands to know who he is. And he's under oath Mm -hmm. uh, in this court. You know, and the, the priest is asking, he's, you know, is he the Christ, the Messiah? And at this point, Jesus doesn't have any more reason to hide. Right. You know, he knows that he's going to the cross. And so his answer here, he says, you know, when the, when the priest says, I adjure you by the living God, tell us if you are, if you are the Christ. And Jesus says, his answer here is, you have said so. And I think Mark is a little bit more clear. Um, I think the same scene in Mark, Jesus says, that I, said, or you, I okay. am. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, I mean, the, the high priest's response here is, you know, he, he tears his robes. I mean, mm-hmm. he seems he pretty. He clearly knows he, what Jesus is claiming. <laughs> he has made the connection. He, yes. is, he is understanding what Jesus is saying yeah. here. Yeah. And because he uses this title even at the end, doesn't he? Yeah. He says, prophesy to us, you Christ, right? And, hmm. but. Okay, yeah. So he's, he is getting the connection. Right. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, besides Jesus saying, you've said so, you know, we see that Jesus uses another title and gives him a couple more hints here. Right. Right? Yeah, he says, I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man mm-hmm. seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We're going we're gonna to spend a lot of time talking about this Son of Man, but for now, I think we're just going to plant this little seed, and we'll come mm-hmm. back to this. But this title, Son of Man, is, is a favorite title that Jesus uses for himself. So as... Anything else you want to say on this section? Otherwise, I think we're going to move on to the next section on Son of David. Yeah, I, I think that's a good wrap. I, did we mention that not only did the high priest rent his clothes, his robe, which mm-hmm. I think would take some considerable doing. <laughs> I would think so. They were yeah. they were hefty right. from what we studied about the tabernacle <laughs> like and the robes. <laughs> tear my sweater if I wanted to. Um, but he then immediately accuses Jesus of yes. blasphemy. So yes. he knows precisely what yes. Jesus is claiming with with um, that son of man and yes. the allusion to Daniel, which we'll get to. Right, yeah. And and then he actually, that's at that point, they say he deserves death. Yes. Because that's a penalty for, for blasphemy is, is death. Is death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So let's go on to the next section, which is Son of David. So uh, in our study last fall, uh, which was so amazing, we looked at God's promise throughout the history of the Old Testament, and God made a pretty amazing promise to David. Do you want to summarize for us, kind of set the stage for this this next section? Yeah, so in 2 Samuel 7, um, where David has had a nice period of rest from his enemies. He's consolidated his power in Israel. They are a unified nation. They don't really, they're not fighting a lot of battles at this point. They're a, and he's a good king. And he has even built himself a nice palace. So he kind of <laughs> looks around. He's like, wow, I'm living in luxury here. But God still just has a tent. So he says, I, would, I want to make a temple. I want to make a home for God. But God sends word to David through the prophet. Um, it's Nathan, right? Now I'm now I'm forgetting. Uh, but he sends. I think I think it's me. You don't think it's it Nathan? Nathan? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to look that up later. Um, it probably was because Samuel was maybe already he was gone, gone by that time. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. But he says, "You want to build a house for me, David? But mm-hmm. I am going to build." a house for you and it's a dynastic house so that one of your heirs one of your sons will always sit on israel's throne Mm -hmm. and this will be an eternal kingdom and your heir will always sit before being as king yeah it was really remarkable just basically giving david making him giving him an eternal legacy Mm -hmm. something we all kind of want right 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 they and obviously David didn't see right that day and king after king after king in the Old Testament didn't turn out to be that forever king. That's right. Failure after failure mm-hmm. after failure. Yeah. But his line was preserved. Yes. Through many long years of exile, a mm-hmm. some a little tiny restoration, no yep. king, but one of his heirs um, was governor, I think Zerubbabel. And then um, then we get to the Gospels. Yeah. And we see this genealogy has been recorded. <laughs> they they right. know who the sons of David are. Yeah. There had been this growing sense of this king is coming. Yes. The son of David is coming. Yes. And, and he is going to deliver us from our bondage, from our... Yeah. Um, from our oppression. So we're going to talk about this. And we're actually on page 30 of our workbooks at this point, I think is where this section yes, page 30. starts, page 30. So if you're following us along in your workbook, you can know where we're at. Um, now, this is a title that Jesus didn't use concerning himself, hmm. but others did. And so on page 31 of your lesson, there's some various passages there that were, that were chosen. Um, and... Let's look at who said, uh, who called him son of David in these various uh, verses. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So we have blind Bartimaeus in Mark 10. Mm-hmm. And then Luke 18, I, that seems like a parallel account. Mm-hmm. There's a blind mm-hmm. beggar near Jericho, probably yeah. Bartimaeus. Um, in Matthew 9 and then in 20, there's more blind people, yeah. two blind men. Isn't that amazing <laughs> yeah. that it's it's the blind yes. it's the physically blind people that are they're able to see, spiritually see yeah who yeah. Jesus is that's right and it's those that were had great physical sight mm-hmm. there were leaders yeah that were blinded yeah spiritually spiritually yeah. blind that's right yeah so in Matthew fifteen 
We have another very sweet. Yes, a Canaanite woman with her mm-hmm. demon oppressed daughter, and yeah. she's desperate for Jesus to heal her daughter. Mm-hmm. And Jesus has a real interesting exchange with her. Mm-hmm. And she responds, she knows exactly what he's saying. He's like, I can't take the bread from mm-hmm. the children and give it to the dogs. But she's like, even the dogs eat the crumbs that yes. fall from the table. Yeah. And he is, he's amazed by her faith. And of mm-hmm. course he heals her daughter. Yeah. And then in Matthew 21, again, we have the crowds at the beginning of Holy Week, mm-hmm. and they're singing Hosanna to the right. Son of David. Right. So um, we recall it Palm Sunday. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then later, it's the children who are saying yes. it. So we have outsiders, we have blind people, and we have little children who are all mm-hmm. saying the same truth, yeah. that the leaders are too blind to see. Yeah. And so when they were, all these people were calling out Son of David, what did they mean? What did they mean by that? Yeah, they meant that he is the promised heir, yeah. the one promised to David to sit on the throne of Israel forever. Mm-hmm. And there are some other ways of saying this. I mean, uh, the New Testament and some passages in the Old. And let's look through those. Um, in Second Timothy two eight, um, he writes, "Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead." the offspring mm-hmm. of David, as preached in my gospel. And then Revelation twenty two sixteen, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. He says, I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star, which we're going to talk about more uh, in our last lesson, lesson 10, the bright morning star. But So offspring, root, descendant, um, and sometimes this future uh, descendant is referred to kind of in a shorthand mm-hmm. as just David. Yeah. Um, so, you know, David, their king, uh, my servant David, uh, also David, their king. Those are just different ways that passages refer. So we Back can... to that original promise to yeah, David. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I think that gives a little bit of insight into the reaction of these religious leaders. Mm-hmm. And this is on page 32 of the lesson, but why do you think they were so angry when the crowd was <laughs> crying out, Hosanna to the son of David? You'd think they would be happy that the son of David was here, right? Yeah. <laughs> They didn't like him very much. <laughs> they were jealous. I, you know, it's hard to know exactly what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. They were so blinded. Yeah. They were offended by Jesus. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't what they wanted in a king. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were jealous of the crowds following. Yeah. They were afraid of losing their power. But I, I tend to think it's probably more complicated than that. They just were mm-hmm. blind. Yeah. And here the crowds are following, and then they hear the chorus, the parent, this kid's yeah. like singing the chorus, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah. they're telling their children <laughs> he's, he's the king. So, yeah. And even in the, the passage in Luke, you know, they say, um, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. So that really is hearkening back to, you know, More son of, of David as a promise yeah. of the king. And, you know, in Matthew, Hosanna to the son of David. So they actually use that, that title there. Um, and I just think it's so interesting here how, you know, the Pharisees, they come to him and they say, teacher, rebuke your, your disciples. And he says, I tell you, if these stones were, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Mm. 
you can't keep the truth down and <laughs> create we all exactly. just have to say it we have yeah. we have to praise him one yeah. way or another that's right you know and i just i think that you know both of these passages here really point to the idea that there there was i mean even though they were polarized there was some there was this understanding that jesus was the messiah right you know this mm-hmm. this long expected king you know absolutely he, he, he was he was the the king who was coming and then let's look at um in question 19 uh we go to um psalm uh where Je- yeah. yeah where jesus is quoting psalm 110 um this is just uh, a few days before his crucifixion he's he's kind of talking with the religious leaders here and he asks a couple of questions right he says um this is Jesus now. Jesus is asking, I'll put this in red because these are his words. He says, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And then, oh, they answer. Yeah, they know. They know. <laughs> they said, well, the son of David. Okay, so that, that's a title they, they are familiar with. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus goes on and he says, well, how is it then that David, in the spirit, calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Now this is the part that is um this is a part that is Psalm one ten mm-hmm. here. And he says, If then this is Jesus talking, if David calls him Lord, how is he his son? Hmm. Yeah. Everybody goes silent. <laughs> exactly. Because they just they just didn't know how to answer him. Yeah. And I do think there's a little bit, Jesus is probably accomplishing a couple things here, because there's a lot of people listening to this exchange. So he's teaching them while addressing the Pharisees. Yeah. But if you, you know, the chapters just before this, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they are all just trying to catch Jesus in some sort Uh of, um, just they're trying to just stump him with questions like, oh, do we need to pay taxes to Caesar? The Sadducees wanted to prove there was no resurrection. Mm-hmm. And he just answers them yeah. with ease and wisdom mm-hmm. and everybody is marveling at him. But then mm-hmm. you get to the next chapter and he's like, okay, <laughs> you've been questioning me. Now I have a question for you. For you. <laughs> <laughs> and it does, I think it says after that, from that day, no one mm-hmm. dared to ask him any, any more questions. questions. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, but you know, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just, you know, I don't think this is Jesus trying to show off his superior logical debate, you know, mm-hmm. uh, skills or something. But I really think he he was taking this as a teaching moment. Yeah, like you said, as I do think, especially for the people probably around, because he mm-hmm. knows the Pharisees are hard hearted, yeah. and their intent is not to embrace him. Yeah, but. But still, there's that opportunity if they will just listen, right, and mm-hmm. heed his words mm-hmm. and the people listening. Yeah. He's able here to say, you know, the, um, the Messiah is both the son of God and the son of David. And yes. Maybe something they hadn't quite been able to put together in their minds, even having Psalm 110. Right, yeah. I mean, there's so many Old Testament scriptures and so yeah. many dots to connect that I don't right. think they, I don't think there was a comprehensive, you know, picture of this is exactly who we're looking for. Right. Based on all the evidence. They right. Had, they had bits and pieces, but 
especially in the mm-hmm. common the common people who maybe it's not like they had copies of the scrolls lying around at home they would just yeah. have to go to synagogue to be mm-hmm. have them read to them but you would think the religious leaders would have been able to put all this together you'd think so yeah yeah and some of them did yeah, Some of that's them right. did make the connections, but it made them so angry they could just tear their robes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that was sweet. Well, let's, let's go on to the next section. This is on the bottom of page 32. Um, this is the, the area that I kind of broke into just talking about God's Son, not the formal title, not the divine title, Son of God, even though we might think, oh, it's just semantics. But I wanted to just look at some passages that just talks about Jesus being God's son, you know, God mm-hmm. being his father, you know, that, that father-son kind mm-hmm. of relationship. So we're going to look at, um, first, we're going to go to Luke 2. Um, is that past? We have that printed there. Would yes. you like to read that for us? Yeah. After three days, they found him in the temple. This is Joseph and Mary. Mm-hmm. They're looking for Jesus because they discovered he had not joined the crowd on the way back to Nazareth. Yeah, They left him behind, kind of like we left a child at church one Sunday. (laughs) So after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? (laughs) Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he had spoken to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Well, this is a familiar story, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. to many, uh, but maybe we'll just summarize or kind of review what the setting is for this. Um, I mean, every year, uh, families, Jewish families, were instructed to go to Jerusalem for the Passover, mm-hmm. and so this was custom for them, a tradition, right. so he was about 12 years old, and um, he stayed behind in Jerusalem, <laughs> and, the, you know, Mary and Joseph didn't didn't know, and so they were, they were in they just assumed that he was with a group of their relatives or neighbors that were right. traveling. Um, and so I think it's, it's just really interesting to ponder what your reaction would have been had you been there, you know? Right. As his mother. Right. I mean, I, I know I would have been frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't yeah. you... You knew we were going to be leaving. Where were you? Yeah. I mean, and she, yep. says, she says here that, that we were, we've been searching for you in great, great distress. distress. Yeah. It's like, oh, I got yes. to thinking, can you imagine? I mean, Mary, remember, she pondered all these things about the birth of mm-hmm. Jesus. I mean, right. she knew that he was God's son, and she had the privilege of being his mother, mm-hmm. and to go, I've lost him. Right, yes. I had one job. (laughs) I was to protect him. I just, I could just imagine the panic. Right, me too. Just being a mom. And so, but it it kind of, it appears that they're kind of talking, you've had the situation where you're communicating, you're not quite on the same page, because she says, um, she says, um, your father and I, Mm -hmm. right? And then he answers, 
do you not know that I must be in my father's house? Yeah. So they're talking about two, two different, different fathers. fathers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he means, of course, God. Yeah. And so quite a contrast here. And and he, he's so sensible of his mission, you know, mm-hmm. already at this early age. Yeah. Of course I'm going to be in my father's house. Yeah. This is where I'm meant to be, you yeah. know. And he's, yeah, maybe he's not, he didn't recognize why this would be distressing <laughs> to his mother. But as mothers, we recognize why it would be distressing. Yeah, right, yeah. But there's no irritation in him. Just, just pu- It's almost just like puzzled. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess mm-hmm. I assumed you knew I would want to be in my father's house. Yeah. I think yeah. it's kind of sweet. But that, And then we see in the next line, he, he, he goes back with them. He's like, exactly. oh, okay, I will go back with you. And he's submissive to them. Submissive. I, yeah. think, that is, I think that is just really sweet. He was submissive yeah. to them. And, you know... And his mother, she treasured up all these things mm-hmm. in her heart. She yeah. was going to just remember this moment. Yeah. And I think it got her thinking, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. I just, that's just an amazing verse that I mm-hmm. wish we had more time to unpack. But yeah. And Luke's the only gospel who makes any mention of his boyhood, right? Yeah, yeah. Every other gospel, we're right at the beginning of his public ministry. Ministry. But it's nice to have this little glimpse oh. of what Jesus was like as a boy. Yeah. Even then, he was a he was perfect. <laughs> exactly. He's longing to be in his father's house. He's obedient to his parents. Mm-hmm. He's growing in wisdom and yeah. physical strength, and everybody loves him. How could yes. you not? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so fast forward after the next, you know, these eighteen years. Yeah. Next time we see Jesus is at his baptism, and uh, this is recorded in Matthew. Three mm-hmm. and um, the God's name for Jesus here is toward the end of this this um, section where when he was baptized um, uh, he immediately went up from the water and behold the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him and behold a voice from heaven said this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. picture of this very unique, loving relationship between father and his son, his, yeah. his beloved son. And there's a connection here, actually, with the Old Testament, too. We see in Isaiah uh, 42.1, uh, we see um, where, uh, behold, my servant, and we're going to see mm-hmm. this more in in other lessons, but... Whom I uphold, my chosen, mm-hmm. in whom my soul delights. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's mine. He's mine. I I've chosen. Love him. Yeah. 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 And then we see again, yes. I put my spirit upon him. And that harkens back to that word anointed. Yes. That he is that, he is the Messiah, the, the Christ. Yeah, and that promise that he will bring justice to the nations, it's, yeah. I think, is beautiful. And then we get the visual kind of representation when we see the dove descending on Jesus yeah. at his baptism. Yes, so. and I think the, the other thing that's interesting here is that we also have, we have, we have the Spirit, we have the Father speaking, mm-hmm. right, and that's we right. have the Son. We actually have the whole, the whole Trinity, Trinity mm-hmm. right there. Very sweet. Okay, let's go on to uh, the next section, which is the Son of Man. And this is on page 35. Okay, so we've looked at many other ways um, that 
other people referred to Jesus. And so we want to spend some time looking at what Jesus called himself or his self-designation, mm-hmm. as um, I think it's the scholar um, Robertson puts it. And so this title actually occurs about 80 times in the gospel. And all except one, Jesus is saying, this is who I am. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, that I'm was really interesting man. to me. That yeah. 80 times, but yeah. almost every one of those times is Jesus speaking of himself. Yeah. 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 And I think it was really helpful. You know, um, we I included a, a box with a quote from John Piper. But the fact that this is a favorite way that Jesus had of referring to himself is maybe because it wasn't offensive. Yeah. He was saying, well... Who isn't a son of man? Mm-hmm. You know, yep. we're all human beings. We're I'm all, like you. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I came to be like you. Yeah. And um, there's a couple of exceptions. The only other people who use this term was um, when people ask Jesus, who is this son of man? Mm-hmm. So they use that term that's in John 12. Referring to something he had said. He had well, said. Who is the son of man? Yeah, yes. Yeah. And then... In the book of Acts, in Acts 7, we see when Stephen is being martyred, Mm -hmm. it's used where he gets a glimpse of heaven and he says, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And so for me, I think it's been confusing. Uh, You know, what is the Son of Man? How does it relate to Son of God? Mm -hmm. Is it a contrast? Are they they similar? How do they relate? Mm -hmm. And so I thought it would be good to spend you know, a good amount of time just looking at this title to kind of get a handle of what it means. Has it ever been confusing for you? Or Yeah, I think just as you read through the Gospels, you why does he always refer to himself as the Son of Man? And yeah. it does seem in some ways to be set in opposition to the Son of God. Yeah. So, yeah. but there, there's more to it. There's so. more to it. It's, it's deeper. <laughs> it's so one. I think in one sense it means that it's, you know, uh, well, let's just look at the passages and see what, Let's, uh, I think we went to uh, Psalm 8. So let's go there first. Um, where, uh, actually, this was one of the Psalms that we did in yeah, our Psalm you series. This and one. I taught yep. this one. And I, I thought it was really interesting at the time to see how it did point to Jesus mm-hmm. because the writer of Hebrews tells us that it does. But initially, when you look at it, what you see here is we won't read the whole thing, but let's just go down about halfway. Where it says, when I look at your heavens, this is where we're at right here. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the, here's that term, the son of man that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen. And also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven, fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds just like Genesis 2, doesn't it? Or is it (laughs) 1 where he tells them to have dominion Dominion. over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. Yep, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah, so we were, I mean, we're created as human beings mankind right Mm -hmm. and it's just amazing that god is mindful of us Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, and it's i think it's it is fitting for jesus to think of himself as kind of the 
first of the of the new creation mm-hmm. being yeah. you know the second adam, the adam is a yeah. is a part of one of the ways that you know that paul refers to him yeah and then in uh so basically here in psalm 8 it is pointing to humankind you know, humankind mm-hmm. but with some allusions to 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 jesus because hebrews 2 now tells us uh, for it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which you're speaking. It's been testified somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, Psalm 8. Okay, so here we see this part. Or, yes, right here. What is man that you're mindful of him? Okay, so here that here's that section mm-hmm. that we just read. And so Hebrews goes on. Now, putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside of his control. But, he says, at present we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. But what we, we do see, see, yeah, go ahead. Why don't you read? But we see him who mm-hmm. for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Yeah. And then Hebrews, it goes on. It was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he's not ashamed to call them brothers. Oh, Mm, that's a sweet connection, isn't it? That as we've been looking at Jesus as a son, to think that we're all in the family yeah, together. I, I wrote that somewhere in here in Jesus. We're all sons of God, yeah, <laughs> all yeah. sons and daughters. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, it goes on here. Um, Since therefore the children share in the flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things. So it's talking about him taking on flesh. We talked about that last week as Emmanuel, mm-hmm. God with us. The incarnation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he came to what? To deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Get those Old Testament illusions there again. we are, <laughs> the offspring and promise. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, mm-hmm. so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. And we're going to talk about that later on when we get to lesson maybe seven or eight, but... Um, how Jesus is, he's both our priest and the sacrifice. And he will make, that's a big word, we're going to learn about that too, propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. What a beautiful, beautiful Mm -hmm. promise that Jesus came to be like us. So this title, Son of Man, is a title of humility because he he left everything to become like us. He left the glories of heaven. And that's what we read here in Philippians 2. We had this passage last week when we talked about the name that God gave him. But the couple verses before that, it says, Though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so this title that we're looking at here, Son of Man, really is a title of hum- humility. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
humanity and humility. Yeah. Yes, yes, all of that. Okay, so now we're going to go to Matthew 26. And uh, this passage is, you know, again, he's standing before the high priest. And this is, he's on trial. Mm-hmm. And this is right before the crucifixion. And so, um, would you like to read that? Sure. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said so. But I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? And they answered, He deserves death. Then they spit in his face and struck him, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ. Who is it that struck you? Oof. Oof. Yeah. So here Jesus is standing, and he knows he's going to the cross, and he answers... You have said so, and I think mm-hmm. Mark Mark's passage, you know, same instance. Yeah. He says, "Yes, I am." Yes, essentially, I am. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But he he gives his title, "Son of Man." Here. Yeah, he responds with the "Son of Man" when he, he specifically asked, "Are you the Son of God?" Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Are you the Christ, the Son of God? And he says, "You said so." And now he uses "Son of Man," his most his favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he goes on to give some other clues here because he's making some connections because he goes on to say, seated at the right hand of power, coming, coming on the clouds, clouds of, of heaven. heaven. And so I, I believe we went, and this is question 29 on page 37. 37. Okay, so Jesus is making a connection back to Daniel, which the high priest likely knew. Right. So when Jesus said these phrases... There was probably bells, you know, maybe going off here. So let's look at Daniel 7. Um, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds, there we've got clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. So here we're seeing Mm -hmm. echoes of other passages that we've had, right? Right that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Hmm. So what do you think? Do you think the priest (laughs) did make the connection? I think he, uh, (laughs) yes. There was no mistaking what Jesus was implying when he alluded to this Mm -hmm. prophecy of Daniel's. He was saying, I am the one (laughs) who stands before God in heaven, and I am given dominion to have this everlasting kingdom of all the peoples of the earth. So it's it's amazing. He he kind of finally comes out with it all at the end. (laughs) Yeah, so he's saying, even though this title, Son of Man, does in many ways refer to my humble humanity, he's saying, it's a lot more than that. right. It's, 
Yep, it's exaltation. Yeah. It's this person who is at God in God's presence yes. in heaven, yeah. and it rules. Yes. So it's an exalted title, not just a yeah. humble and human title. Right. And so at this point, Jesus is sentenced to death, and he then is taken away, and he is stripped, slapped, beaten, spit upon, and but he knows who he is. He mm-hmm. is the son of man, and he will be this. He is the son of man who is, who is given dominion and glory and a kingdom, and he will reign forever and ever over all nations and tribes and mm. people and languages. And we are going to come back to that title, um, son of God. We, we're going to do that in one of the upcoming lessons, lesson six. So uh, I, I would encourage you, if Sharice and I have not unpacked this in a, satisfactory way that we <laughs> I, I put a I put a nice summary from Pastor John yeah. Piper in there so that you could go back to that. Yeah, that's very helpful on page thirty eight. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, uh just even the last sentence is helpful where he says, The Son of Man has the double meaning of human and according to Daniel seven, exalted heavenly one. And and Jesus meant to communicate both of those things. Yes. So there's also a summary uh, on page 40, page 40. Um, And maybe some of you didn't get that far in your lesson, or maybe you're following along with us, but I just hope that you find that that summary of these titles is is helpful. And I would just, um, I just, as we close, I just want to just kind of recap a little bit and kind of tie together last, the last lesson where, um, we learned that there is this ongoing battle that would unfold between the snake and his offspring and the woman and her offspring. And we, we talked about this so much, Sharice, uh, last fall. That this, this is actually good news that there would be this ongoing battle mm-hmm. through the ages and that eventually victory will come. Right. And Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And, and all, the, all that conflict we still see... I think it's a comfort to realize, yeah, that that's how the Bible said it would be. Mm-hmm, exactly. The forces of the world are at war with God and his plans and his king. Yeah. And so at this point, Jesus is sentenced to death. He's going to the cross. Finally, it's that moment when as the offspring of the woman, he has come to crush the head mm-hmm. of that snake. And so I just wanted us to close with a couple of verses seeing the son at the cross. Hmm. Uh, Matthew 27 tells us that there were many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. And then John 19 has these, just this sweet, precious Hmm. moment here. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, who is treasuring all these things in her heart. Yeah. And his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Mm. It's beautiful. I just think it's so beautiful that here's Jesus, the offspring, that promised offspring of the woman. He is the Christ, the Messiah, the son of David, 
the Son of God, mm-hmm. the Son of Man, here he is at the cross, the beloved Son of Mary. And he loved her so well yes. to the very end. Even as he hangs there dying in excruciating pain, yeah. he's still caring for her. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking of her, loving her. Mm-hmm. And so I just encourage all of you who are listening to just keep looking for Jesus, keep asking the Spirit to just show you amazing things that you will just see as you dig into his word Mm -hmm. this week. So I would just like to pray, and um, then we'll say goodbye. All right. Thank you, Jesus, for humbling yourself. Thank you for coming and for giving your life for us at the cross. Truly, your love is amazing. And so, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to just connect with our sisters in Christ. And I thank you for Sharice being with me today. And I just pray that uh, the women who hear this would find it helpful. We pray all this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Sharice. Yes, thank you. For joining us.